peace, my friends. Let us give peace a chance. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. And this applies to both the Jews and Christians as well. Give peace a chance. This book is just tremendous. We have wholeheartedly obeyed the new teaching and trusted. If God had not breathed into Adam's nostrils, Adam would have remained just a lump of dust. How should we then treat the Bible? All of us are sinners, saved only by grace. For worship, we were created. And for worship, we should ever live. Jesus died for our sins. And so, now that we have put our faith in Him, Good morning, my dear friends. I'm glad to be here today. I hope you are glad too. So let us join together in prayer, in Bible study, and in our commitment to put into practice what Jesus is going to teach us this morning. Shall we pray? Father, we stand before you. We are looking for grace. We are seeking grace. We are seeking your love. You are seeking forgiveness of sins as well. We need uh, encouragement. We need strength to stand up for your Jesus and in his name to go out and conquer the nations and to do what he left us here on earth to do. Help us, Father, in every way to remain committed, to be, remain loyal to Jesus, looking up to him, in all things and all situations. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now our reading this morning is, come, is going to, uh, to be Romans chapter 5. Now what is called uh, the Beatitudes. So we shall be reading uh, Matthew, I mean Matthew chapter 5 uh, verses 1 to, uh, to 10. Okay, um, I beg your pardon. I will read the verses 1 to 12, chapter 5 of Matthew, verses 1 to 12. Now, when he saw the crowds, that is Jesus, when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him. And he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. 
Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, the last century is regarded as the most violent period in all of human history. I'm talking about the 20th century. It is then that we had the most devastating, the most cruel war, wars in, in, in human history. I'm talking about the First and the Second World War and many other wars that have taken place, uh, took place during that period. But let's take the example of um, the First and the Second World Wars. Um, the records show that this war, the First World War between 1914 and 1918, uh, about millions and millions of people died. It is estimated, for instance, that nine million soldiers died during that war, and 23 million were wounded. Five million uh, civilians died even though they were not involved in the conflict themselves. During the Second World War, which was fought between 1939 and 1945, in fact, this war is, is regarded now um, of the two wars, of the two terrible wars, it is, the Second World War is regarded um, as the, the most devastating uh, in, in, in history, in history. And uh, it had the highest number of civilian casualties, numbering between 50 and 55 million. Just imagine civilians. Uh, military days were estimated to have been between 21 and 25 million. And, um, and, and there could be more than that, uh, but uh, no one seems to have proper records. But those figures will give us a good idea. Now, given such a terrible, such terrible destruction of human life and property, one would have thought that nations and individuals would not wish to see any other war in their lifetime. That the world would come together and, and do whatever it takes to make peace and bring about reconciliation among people so that they can, they, they, they can, uh, they can bring an end to war and destruction of life and property. But that was not the case. Several wars have taken place since those two wars were fought. For instance, soon after that, soon after the end of the World War, we had the Korean War. Then after that, we had the, the Vietnam War, for instance. And many other wars all over the world, and I mean the wars, for instance, of, 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 of um, resistance, of liberation in Africa and Asia and, 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 and other places. And many other wars as well. As we speak today, there's a war going on between Israel and Palestine 
and already thousands of people have been killed. And we, there's, there's no, no, no one knows really how, how, how long that war will take or how many people will die and how much property will be destroyed before the war is over. There's also a, 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 a going war between Russia and Ukraine and thousands of people have been killed. How long it's going to take, nobody knows. So those were First and Second World Wars. And people expect there's going to be a Third World War as well. The only reason, the only reason why there has not been a Third World War yet is what is called a balance of terror. Let me try and explain what a balance of terror means. The greatest power, military powers on earth, are United States of America and Russia. They have an unimaginable stockpiles of weapons of mass destruction, uh, you know, between them. And it is estimated that um, their military might is almost at par, is almost equal, generally speaking, that is. But, and, and, and that's, that's the reason. That is what is called a balance of terror. Because if your enemy is equally strong, I mean, as, as strong as you are, surely you don't want to start a fight with him because you're not sure you're going to win. All right? And that's, that's the reason why, that is what is called a balance of terror, and that's the reason why Russia and United States choose to work through proxies to support others, but they are not, they are not going to, to start fighting against each other because they are not sure. I mean, none of them is sure they are going to win that war. And so that is what keeps that world war away from us. But for how long? For how long, my friends? Well, here is some good news. Here is actually great news. In Luke chapter 2, it is recorded in the Bible that there is some good news which we can celebrate. That is the time when Jesus Christ was born and in response to his birth a choir of angels was seen giving praise to God saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men and on whom his favor rests. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. On earth peace. There is God's promise of peace on earth. And, and, and we're going to look a little bit at, uh, uh, at that. So there's a cure for war and conflict and hatred. The question is, who are these people on whom God's favor rests? Who is it that is going to experience God's peace? Now, our scripture today is blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. And another question is, who are these sons of God? 
Now the Bible says, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to be called children of God. That is, whoever received Christ, whoever hears the message of Jesus Christ, of his, of his uh, salvation, of his love for us, his death, his resurrection, and his second coming, and the favor he bestows on those who believe in him. Anyone who hears this message and actually believes and receives them into their lives, they will be called children of God. And so it is upon these children of God that God's favor and God's peace rests. So let's look at what is expected of, us, of Christians then as children of God who are living in peace and who are called to become peacemakers. Now, Christian, the Christian life, my friend, is not what many of us take it to be. The Christian life is a serious undertaking. It is a serious calling with serious and important responsibilities. The future of this world, my friends, the future of this world depends on you and I who are called children of God. The future of the world depends on what we do or what we fail to do. As goes the church, so goes the world. That is, that is the point. The condition of the church, its reaction to, issue, to, to issues around us in the world, determines the condition in the world. We are the salt of the earth, remember? And we are the light of the world. When light becomes darkness, then, the total, then there's going to be total darkness. When salt loses its flavor, its flavor, then it's useless and it's only good for being thrown away and trampled on, 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 you know, by, on, on, by, by, by men as they walk about. And yet that is not the end to the good news. Our failure is not going to frustrate God's work. It's going to be done still. But let me say this, that um, the Christian life begins with a spiritual birth. Remember Nicodemus coming to Jesus at night? You must be born again, he says. And this still remains the message. Um, he, he, he said to Nicodemus, you must be born again or you will never see the kingdom of God. Unless you're born again, you cannot. And so that is where um, the Christian life and responsibility begins. That is where our spiritual um, character formation begins. You must be born again. That's why they are called children of God. Because they have, been, they have gone through a second birth. A spiritual birth. Now, as our Father, God has made available to us Christians certain resources that are not available to other people, to non Christians. Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Amen? 
Now, our message this morning is, blessed are the peacemakers, for they, are God, they, are, they will be called children of God or sons of God. Now, um, Christ began to preach publicly by declaring the coming or the arrival of the kingdom of heaven. And the Beatitudes we just read from Matthew 5, and, and God willing, we shall be looking at this um, um, sometime later. But the Beatitudes form the basic nature, the bas basic characteristics of a child of God or a member of his kingdom. So how are children of God supposed to behave in the world? Just begin with the Beatitudes and all that Christ has taught after that. And this will give you an answer. So Christ was, um, you know, came to establish the kingdom of God. Nothing in our natural experience, let's admit it, nothing in our natural experience is good enough for the new life in the kingdom of God. No one qualifies to enter into the kingdom of God. No old wine. You cannot, you, you cannot put old wine in new skins, so Jesus says. And he says, I have come, or I came to make everything new. So, old wine in new skins is a disaster. We knew we need new wine in new skins. No, new bodies in the new life in Christ Jesus. We need to be transformed to the image of Jesus Christ. No longer natural men, no longer people of the world, but people who are, are, are heaven bound and citizens of heaven. Now, Christ's message of peace, of peacemakers, must have been truly, truly shocking to the Jews because they had expected a warrior messiah who would come to establish you know, the old kingdom of David. Now, you know that David was a man of war, and so was Joshua. In order for Joshua to conquer uh, the Canaanites, the indigenous people who lived in in the land they were, they were given by God, they had to fight. And they were, had been ordered to eliminate all those who lived on the land. And so it had become uh, the expectation of Israel that the Messiah would come and destroy all their enemies and leave Israel to, to live in peace forever and ever. Amen. And you know, the, you know, you know, you know, you know it's, a, it's a common belief up to this day that um, that you must fight in order to protect your property or recover what is taken from you. But Jesus taught an eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, is not acceptable in His kingdom. That is the worldly standard. 
We believe in revenge. Jesus says, no, if somebody takes your coat, give him your shirt as well. If they strike you on one side, turn the other cheek, let him strike on that one as well. That is the nature of the kingdom of God. New life, new people. So in Christ Jesus, my friends, there is no violence. We should, uh, instead, wherever there is um, conflict or, or disagreement, we should therefore employ peaceful solutions you know, you know, to, 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 to our, our disputes. We are called to love our neighbor. Actually, we are commanded to love our neighbor, to love our enemy, to, use no, to, to not resist evil people who do wrong to us. We are instead to defeat our enemies by loving them, by feeding them if they are hungry, giving them water when they are thirsty, showing them that we care because they are human beings as well. The question is, is this possible? Is this real? Is it practical? Yes, it is. Humanly speaking, of course, it is not possible to love our enemies and to give them food. But we need to have the mind of Jesus. And we can have the mind of Jesus. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. So with Jesus, everything is possible. And so let us take a little bit, uh, just a little time now, to look at the example of Jesus himself. It is apparent uh, to me that uh, reading the New Testament and the, uh, re the negative reaction of the Jews to the message of Jesus Christ, that they had completely failed to understand their prophets. Uh, take Isaiah, for instance. Uh, Isaiah and other prophets had predicted for many years, centuries, the coming of the Messiah. And the Jews imagined that the Messiah would come and, and, and fight for them, as I have said. But Isaiah, the message of Isaiah in, in chapter 9, for instance, which is normally read in, during Christmas, is that the Messiah would be a, the prince of peace. He would be the prince, among other things, the Messiah is, is going to come as the prince of peace. And so we have also missed the point, even though we read this scripture during Christmas and other times, we have completely missed the point. That is why we are so quick to take sides in the current war between Israel and the Palestinians. Our attitudes are, uh, you know, the Palestinians are the bad guy. Israel is a good guy because they are God's people. And we are taking sides with them. But Christ did not take sides with the Jews against the Romans. That is the point. And, and some Romans came to him asking them to heal their children or their, their servant. And Jesus went into their house. Jesus came to bring peace among men. To bring love, to bring peace and reconciliation. Not to fight, wage war, not to take his sides. And that's why the Jews crucified him. They rejected his message because they, were, they, 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 they had been conditioned, you know, by the old 
Old Testament practices of the kings and leaders to wage war against the others whom they declared enemies of God. In fact, the New Testament teaches us all those who reject Christ are enemies of God, whether they are Jews or non-Jews. They are enemies of God. So Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is a prince of peace, and he came to preach peace, and he is even now preaching peace. Let us apply this, this teaching to our reaction to this current war between Israel and the Palestinians. Peace, my friends. Let us give peace a chance. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. And this applies to both the Jews and Christians as well. Give peace a chance. Jesus gave us his peace, therefore. He says, peace, I live with you. My peace I give, I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Give peace a chance. Secondly, we are called to peace. Paul says in Romans chapter 12, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with one another. Live at peace with one another, my friends. A practical example is that Jesus set an example for us. Peter, Apostle Peter says that by dying for us on the cross, for the people of the world, on the cross, Jesus set an example for us to follow. And what is, was Christ's example? When he was being crucified, when they were spitting upon, upon him, um, you know, on his face, in his face, he did not insult back. He did not retaliate. Instead, he prayed to God to forgive them for they knew not what they were doing. Check First Peter chapter 2. Uh, Peter talks about this. But we also have some practical examples in, in our world. One of them was a Christian, the other one was, the other was not. Uh, uh, Mahatma Gandhi was not a Christian, but apparently somebody had given him a Bible and he read the Beatitudes and he fell in love with Jesus. Well, he never became a Christian as far as I know, but, um, but he did use the method Jesus used of fighting for Indian, uh, the Indian independence by peaceful means. Not a weapon, not even a stick was used to fight for, uh, for, for independence through by Gandhi. And, and, and ultimately it was successful, even though he was not a believer. Then we had Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, he fought for, you know, for, for equality and uh, the end to racial discrimination in the in, in United States. And he said, we are going to do it peacefully. No war, no fighting, no hatred, but the love. Martin Luther King Jr. was a pastor uh, and so, and so he was imitating Jesus as well. My point is, let us give peace a chance. Let it works. It works in practical terms. It works. It has worked. It works for Jesus. It worked for Paul, and it is going to work for us. Now, my friends, there is one condition for there to peace. 
to be peace in our lives. And this is my final point. We cannot be peacemakers. We cannot have peace in our hearts even unless we have made peace with God. For in our natural condition, we are enemies of God. That way, so there is a judgment, the wrath of God and his judgment hung over our heads. People who live like that can never have peace. They always live in fear. For, the, for, for it is the sinful condition of men that generates anger and conflict and war and the destruction, the kind of destruction we are seeing taking place right now. Therefore, the message today is not that every peacemaker is a son of God, but that those who are sons of God, those who, who God has given his own peace through Christ, are blessed and so this should, should spread this blessing to others. They should work for peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. They will be called uh, children of God. Jesus Christ, my friend, is our peace. He is the Prince of Peace, Almighty God, everlasting King, and His government will be everlasting. It will never come to an end. He is the Prince of Peace. Christians are His ambassadors of peace in the world. Thus, we should not take sides in any conflict, whether it is in the domestic situation or in our nation or in the world. The least we can do is pray for peace to prevail. The world is in chaos, therefore, and without peace, because the world has rejected Jesus. Our national leaders and politicians, ambassadors and diplomats everywhere attempt to keep peace through human efforts. But it is not working. The United Nations was created to maintain peace on earth and to prevent war, but it has not succeeded in this. Only children of God can make genuine and lasting peace. That is why they are blessed, those who are peacemakers. Are you one of them? Are you a child of God? Are you a peacemaker? You can receive Christ into your life right now, and you can be therefore a peacemaker. Admit, first of all, that you have sinned against God, and so you are, you are separated from God because of your sins. So confess your sins to God through Christ. Ask him to come into your heart and be your Lord and Savior. Amen? And you'll be born again. You're given this new life, this new beginning, which is the condition for belonging to the kingdom of God, my friends. So blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. May God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Father. We have heard the message. Now help us, Lord, by your spirit to go and put it into practice. Help us, Lord, to go and work for peace in this world and all around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
This book is just tremendous. We have wholeheartedly obeyed the new teaching and trusted. If God had not breathed into Adam's nostrils, Adam would have remained just a lump of dust. How should we then treat the Bible? All of us are sinners and saved only by grace. For worship, we were created. And for worship, we should ever live. Jesus died for our sins. And so, now that we have put our faith,